Section 21 of The Progressive Woman, Volume 7, Number 75, October 1913. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Just by the way, by Betty Bimpkins. Send your questions, making them as brief as possible, to Betty, and she will try to answer them. Dear Miss Bimpkins, don't you think if people are poor, and the wife has to work hard, and the husband has to work hard, that it is just stirring up trouble to tell them of their condition? Don't you think it is better to try to show them the best points in their lives, and to make them contented? Adeline J. Answer. No, I don't think it is best to make people contented with poverty. I do not believe in poverty myself. It is a curse to anyone, and should not be a necessity. But poor people have been told to be content with their wretched lot for so long that they believe there is no other outlook for them, and so they place their standard of living low, and never really try to throw off the conditions that hold them down. I'm optimistic. I believe that there is enough in this world for everybody, enough of sunshine and of food and clothing and happiness. I'm depressed when I see people who want to teach contentment to the poor, because it looks as if they thought there was no way out of their poverty. There is. Dear Miss Bimpkins, I read somewhere the other day that women are fighting for suffrage because men have discriminated against them in the laws and in other things. Now, I don't believe that. I believe that men look upon women as their superiors and are always considerate of them when the women deserve consideration. I mean good men, of course. What do you think about it? John R. G. Answer. Your letter is a little hard to answer, because you see things from your own standpoint only. No doubt you have always been good to the women of your household, and never cruel to any other women. Therefore you take it, all men are like yourself. But we have men in this country who think nothing of stealing and selling young girls for immoral purposes. You could hardly say these men treated womankind fairly, and no doubt this is one of the things the suffragists dislike. In the city of Chicago alone, twenty million a year are spent by men on the unfortunate women, thus enriching her keeper. This is a mighty expenditure. It must mean that vast numbers of men do not treat all women fairly. In the trades, women have had to fight their way against the prejudices of men. Women were at one time barred from the colleges and the professions because men didn't want them there. In very few places do women receive equal wage with men for equal work, from school teaching down to the lowest unskilled labor. In some states, women cannot draw their own wages for their work. It goes to the husband. In most of the states, women do not own their own children. The husband owns them. These are just a few of the discriminations against women that the suffragists do not like, and we cannot blame them. Individual men are good to individual women, but somehow the women were totally discriminated against in making the laws until they began to fight for their rights. Since then, the laws have been amended in favor of women, bit by bit, and some day we shall see them equally good for men and women. Dear Miss Bimpkins, will you please tell us just why you believe in female suffrage? J.O.C. Answer. I believe in woman's suffrage because woman is a human being, and as such should take intelligent interest in the affairs of her home. And no woman can take intelligent interest in the affairs of her home without wanting to have a hand in those things that affect it most seriously. We are learning today that nothing affects the home so much as laws and politics. Therefore, we women are taking an interest in politics, 
and consequently want to vote on all measures that affect our household affairs. Dear Miss Bimpkins, perhaps this doesn't come under your department, but I am perplexed and would like for you to help me out. Should a man with progressive ideas marry a girl with the very oldest-fashioned ones you could imagine? How can they get along in such a contradictory state? Yet we have been in love with each other for two years. E.G.S. Answer. Frankly, I don't know. There must be a sympathetic cord somewhere to have held you together for two years. I would not advise you not to marry, since this is the case. But if neither of you can change, I would advise the development of a vast amount of tolerance in both of you. End of section 21